Hey guys, so you should really know all of our classes are virtual right now. So every single one of you, no matter where you live in the world, can take our classes. We were trying to do whatever we can in this time to make things available for people. So here's what you need to know about that. Just go onto our website or go onto my body, sign up for any classes if you were here and you were going to do it. But you have to remember, we close signups 15 minutes before the class time starts. So if you miss that class, just sign up for the next one. We have over 10 classes a day, sometimes more than that. Our workshops are up there as well. So there's so much for you to dive into. Again, we want to be your support. And if there's other ideas that you have and ways we can support you or other podcast ideas that you have, please let us know. We're open ears. All we want to do is figure out how we can serve you guys and how we can serve you in the way that you need. But we need to hear from you. Thank you. You guys, I have two amazing workshops I have to let you know of. Um, Marianne Williamson's coming back to the den. Do not miss this Saturday, May 16th, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. She's talking about finding the power to rebuild. She is the woman to talk about it. She's incredible. Wherever you live around the world, even if the timing doesn't work for you, you'll be sent a link and you can always watch the replay afterwards or whatever you missed. Um, again, go to denanywhere.com and book your spot virtually, of course. <laughs> and then our next one is in queue, the amazing poet, philosopher. Oh my God, his new book, Inquire Within, is so good. And he is doing a virtual workshop about writing and connecting to yourself. You do not want to miss this. I mean, that man opens his mouth and it's so brilliant. That is May 30th on a Saturday. Again, go to denanywhere.com. Go get your spot and it is virtual. So you always have the replay, which is pretty incredible. We are so excited to have these guys here. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal, the founder of Den Meditation and your host. You know, one of our early episodes, we had Lorea on, and it's still one of my all-time favorite episodes, and I suggest you go back and listen to it. We wanted to have her back for this COVID perspective because, you know, she is out there dealing with homelessness every single day. She cooks over 10,000 organic meals for the homeless. She now has a bodega in Koreatown where they all go. She is giving out free meals left and right. And what is fascinating about her perspective right now is this is kind of a forgotten group. You know, we're all so in the trenches right now. We're so all in it that we've forgotten this group that's been kind of suffering and a lack of food to start with. And so she has such an interesting perspective telling us about what they are going through, how it's not even, you know, the disease or the virus that's getting them because she says she hasn't seen anyone get sick, but it is kind of this lack of human contact because nobody's out on the streets talking to them anymore and they're not even getting food from anyone. They have no contact. The idea of having such a lack of information is paralyzing in a different way. It's a really fascinating episode and I think it will motivate you also to help and remind you of things you can do because I don't want them to be forgotten. She has changed my life almost more than anyone on just ways we can really learn to help and think about others because we do, no matter how hard we try and how open we think we are, we are a little bit stuck in our own point of view. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. I do think it's another incredibly important angle on what's going on with this virus and how it affects all of us. Let us know what you think. Go to our you know Facebook page, Dentalks Podcast, and please drop a line. How are you? How are you exhausted? Um, yeah, I was on Skid Row till three o'clock this morning. So we did like a, we've been doing our feedings at night. So there's just less attention and cops and stuff. So we were there till like three this morning. So I was like, oh, a little tired, but I'm okay. 
I'm sorry. We could have moved it. You should have just texted. Oh me. no 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 no. We're good. It was um no. I'm I honestly I'm so happy to be out there. Like it's so important because they're like people are so sad. It's just like it's a lot. It's a I know. Lot. So, I mean that's why I wanted to talk to you because you were um. You know, it's funny, we're all experiencing this time in a different way. We're all going, everyone's going through it, but it's very different for everyone. Yeah. And I think once again, you know, when you and I talked the first time so long ago, which I love, it's still one of my favorite conversations, you were talking about how it's like the forgotten population, it's the forgotten people, and at the and that's really almost worse than the fact that they don't have food to eat is the fact that people don't even acknowledge them as human beings, you know, the oh, yeah. so. And I just keep thinking about it during now of like, what is this time for them? Because it's like, they're being even further removed from any semblance of normalcy, I feel like. Yeah, oh, for sure. And I think what makes it difficult, like last night, I, there, I, we've met a couple of kids that are new to Skid Row. Um, and it's just like, cause they age out of the foster system, but it's like, it's crazy because certain systems still go on the same and there's like no remorse like there's no like the kids are still put out on the streets they're still aging out during the time yeah so it's like we met some new kids that were just like oh my god they're 17 they're 18 like this is this is not good you know like just to see that so it's i think it's um it's it's a it's definitely challenging because you think about like just all the people that you know, especially the seniors. Like for me, it's like kids, not to say that anyone in between, because I fall in between. It's not that I don't care about them. It's just, I think about the state of vulnerability that kids and seniors are in, that it's just another level of vulnerability because seniors really do need help. Like they need so much assistance, even for our free meals program. Like we have so many single citizens, seniors that you wouldn't even think, um, you don't realize that they didn't have kids. They don't have a family. Everyone that they know has passed away already. And they're literally like the last ones, you know? Are you seeing like people showing up for your meals now that aren't even necessarily homeless? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, you don't realize how, and I'm not going to say like being far removed, but it's like, it's different when you don't, like you're not financially struggling in a way where you have to see like, seeing like you have to see people that can't afford anything to happen or yeah like i had like there's this one guy i love so much his name is jose he lives in the neighborhood um i live like up the street from the bodega and he lives like on the block of of our our bodega and little things like he'll come and borrow ten dollars for me to go get a kid to get his id and he was ten dollars short but like a senior like he's no longer working like he's even asked like I mean, he's old and he's even asked, like, can I, can I come prep food? He's retired, but working class, he was a a chef, a food prep and things like that, where you're $10 short. Like I can't even imagine just being in a space where it's like, I have to get ID for 20 something dollars and I don't have 10, like did not have it. Like opening wallets and they're like really empty. It's like, like they're not homeless. Right. And it's not like the tens coming from anywhere anytime soon. No, and they come and I always, um, I always, <laughs> they have so many IOUs at the bodega. But I think I realized that too, having that shop, because there's, there's artists, kids that come in there that are like, I won't have money for another week or they cut my hours. Can I do an IOU for a meal? 
Like, it's just so working class. Like, it's so many people that it's just, uh, it makes you feel like this like it's another level of disappointment in america only because you're not even talking about people that don't work you're talking about people that are working 40 50 hours a week and aren't making enough just to like live like a basic life like it's just sad yeah it's it's really sad and i'd be curious to know if this time is illuminate is like shedding any light on that because i do feel like you're seeing how quickly even like people who, like you said, have minimum wage jobs and are working regular jobs. And, you know, before the virus hit, you wouldn't even yeah. notice like within, you know, they're living still week to week or paycheck yeah. to paycheck. So when all of a sudden that paycheck stops and you're not working now, you very quickly have changed how you can function in society, the way it's set mm -hmm. up. Well, yeah, like people can't afford to quarantine. Like, I don't think people understand. Most people don't understand that if they, if they're privileged enough to not live paycheck to paycheck, they don't understand like people are working and one out of two of their paychecks go to their rent alone. Like people are living off of one paycheck for the rest of their expenses. And so I don't think that people realize that level of uh, poverty. And it's not even, they're not even the, it's not even skid row. It's just literally working class. It's kids. It's like, it's really crazy to see. It's crazy to see moms coming in stressed because they do need food for their kids or they can't work and they don't know how they're going to, they don't know how they're going to do it. Right. So it's, it's, it's really like, it's tough because I think all those things are so much bigger than this um, virus. Like I think it's bigger than the virus, what we're seeing, like the issues that are coming up people are like surviving bigger things in the virus. I've always had to just like, you know, scrambling for crumbs is like a bigger space. Even with us, like I, I a guy come day for yesterday, that's like documenting um, what's going on with COVID-19. And I was just like, even us alone, like I'm not in that space. I'm grateful that I don't have to work every, like I'm so grateful in that way where it's like, I, if I want to, even though I haven't spent one day home, like I, cause I'm at the bodega, I'm on Skid Row, like I haven't quarantined one day. So, but I just think about the fact that like, even me with not even those battles, like ha having lost Talia, like that was bigger to me than this virus. And I think about like, no, I'm just saying like, there's, Oh, don't, don't get emotional now because I don't... I am a, sorry. And just for the audience, I mean, Talia, I it's, a, it's a beautiful story. She was three yeah. years old, right? Yeah. And, you know, she had a dad who was doing everything he yeah. could to get his, you know, act together. And he, you would, and he was doing great. He was working every day, right? And he was like... Yeah. And so she would spend all this time with you guys because he was working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he became I mean, I remember I talked to you a long time ago and was like, did you adopt this girl? I mean, you were so close in spending a month, a month before her adoption was opening up like a month. It's so great. Like everything happens in divine order. But I think about like something that that's simple where it's like I think about other parents. Like I already went through that because to me, that was like my kid, like nothing would have made us closer. And I but, was like, Leah, like, was she murdered? Did you ever find out? Well, we're still wait. It's still under investigation, but that's like the that's the ninety percent for sure. But we're now it's just a matter of knowing how how and when. Like, ugh. so oh, sorry. That's like that's another thing because that's not even closed. You know what I mean? I'm still I'm still I have to go 
do her, I have to create her grave. Like we have to, I still have to make her plaque for her grave. I was just talking to, I, like, I was still talking to them. I was talking to Forest Lawn yesterday. Like I'm still dealing with that. Like that's a whole nother thing, you know? But I just think about like, not even just me, like I've been seeing like parents announcing kids with cancer, just things like people are, are, are overcoming bigger things than this. So it's like, if someone can worry about this virus as their center of stress, like they are blessed. They are so blessed because people are battling so many other things in addition to this. And I think, huh? No, that's actually a really beautiful way to look at it. Cause I do feel like that will help people who are, like you said, blessed to be in the position where you can actually self quarantine, have a different perspective on it. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, people are still, even with all this going on, there's stuff that is more is, is in their face in a way that they have to deal with every single day. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I'm seeing a lot. I don't know why right now, but I am seeing a lot of children that um, parents and children with cancer. And it's just like, just all these kids that I don't live far from the children's hospital. And just to see, like, there's just so many other battles, so many other battles. And I'm just like, I can't be worried about something that is in divine order, whatever that is, you know, like, obviously this is here to teach us something clearly for entire world to be shifted this way. I think it's a lesson. And I think that I, like, I hope people are, not being distracted, but being present enough to figure out like what's coming up for them, what's surfacing, because so many things are changing in everyone. Like people are changing so much because of this. And even just like mental health. Like I think about that all the time. Like people are isolated. You have people that are in abused homes. You have people who already suffer from mental health issues without proper resources. And they're just kind of isolated. Like what, there's so many levels to what people are going through that I just don't think that, I think it's beyond a, a germ, the flu part too. Like it's beyond that, you know, it's bigger than that. And I think that I hope people that see that, like what is the bigger lesson for them? What are they getting from this? And I hope that people are becoming better through this, you know? Yeah, me too. Cause it is, and you know, everyone keeps saying it, it is an opportunity and look, you more than anyone knows, there's a lot of suffering going on out there. There's people mm-hmm. who, you know, you've always dealt with people whose survival is, you know, first and foremost every day, but now there's like a whole nother slew of people that just like that with a snap of a finger in one day, their life became in sort of survival mode. And then there's some that it's not survival mode. It's just this crazy situation. People don't know how to deal. And you're right. Everyone's hearing it, feeling it in different levels. Mm-hmm. But how, like, again, for you, where you've always kind of dealt with, you know, there's people who don't have food, there's people who don't have families, there's people yeah. who do not have resources, and you've been providing for these people for so long. Mm-hmm. How have you even felt the shift in there? Because like, I keep thinking at the most basic level, and this might be like a dumb thought, but, you know, like, I don't even see the tents, like where the tents were as much. So it's like, part of me is like, I don't like where I normally would go to like drop stuff off. I don't even see that. And then I keep thinking like, even the garbages are probably so much more empty. So a lot of places people might've gone to find food or people might've been resourceful in their way. It's like, that's not, that system, like it's stuff we don't think about isn't even happening as much because people are home now or like people aren't walking the streets the same. So if they could get a bucker here, there or water, or like, for instance, I'm not out as much and I used to give water or food because of you Um, (laughs) every time from my car. So it's, 
like that's cutting off another resource that people aren't even realizing. Are you yeah. sensing that too? Like, is that actually yeah. happening? Yeah, it's it's interesting because even like this morning, like I was in Skid Row at two o'clock this morning, uh, doing food drive-bys. Like we're just literally going to tents, having them run out and come to our cars. People are like, I've never heard, like it's you would hear it every now and then, where people would be like, oh my god, I've eaten all day, I'm starving. People are like, I'm hungry. Like they're literally like in a desperation. I remember a guy asked me like, we were giving out kombuchas last night, and. The guy was like, do you have water? And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I only have my water that I drank out of. And he's like, I don't care that you drank out of it. He's, I'm literally like so dehydrated. But he was just in a space where he just like took my water. But it was just one of those things where it's, I mean, you can just tell the neglect because they're just like, like I don't know when they've eaten last, the way they're acting. They're all up at night. You know, I'm seeing so much activity, but I think people are hungry. They don't have resources. and they're, you can just tell they're so sad. Like, you just see such a sad energy. Usually when I go to Skid Row, like, there's always, like, a turnaround, always a happy. Um, but I think that, like, there's even less contact. A lot of, yeah, think about jobs are affected. So a lot of nonprofits aren't servicing right now. They're all working from home and focusing on administrative stuff and not, like, boots on the ground in the community. So they're not getting the same resources at all. And it, people look sad. Like, it's, it's awful. People look so hurt. And I think it's because they're not, they're, they're isolated in a different way. They're isolated on the streets in a ghost town. That's the difference is, like, yeah. people, they're just kind of, like, individually by themselves. And you're seeing people just, their spirits are, you can just tell everyone's shifting in a different way. And I'm seeing it in the community, too, where, I just felt sad. I just felt so sad to see them like that. I usually, they can, and I see some, I mean, I've seen some sights, but I've always been able to see like the light and I've always been able to see someone resilient. I've always been able to see someone so present and grateful and gracious, but people are just so hurt now. You just see the pain that people are feeling, experiencing and not having food at all. Like no one's showing up. At least before they felt like, their minimum needs were met in a way where they're like, oh, I'm still blessed. Like people on Skid Row, people living in that space would always still say how blessed they are. And now I just feel like they're just, they're scrambling for hope, you know, because there's no one really showing up for them in that way. A lot of food is being allocated to medical first responders. Right. And it's being taken away from this community, which I think it's sweet to give, you know, uh, doctors and stuff. My father's a surgeon. Like, I think it's sweet that they do that. My father is in San Diego right now working, but he doesn't need food. Yeah. Like, and I say that only because it's a sweet gesture, but the difference is like they are working. They are making a living. I know it's interesting because even um, I interviewed a nurse who I love, who's amazing. And she kind of said the same thing. She's like, it's amazing. And people are giving and they're ordering the food and She's like, I literally said to someone the other day, I think I'm going to actually gain weight when this is over. <laughs> She's like, the sheer amount of food that is coming. And I could tell she didn't want to say it's too much because she didn't want to make anyone feel bad that that's how they feel like they're helping. Yeah. Um, but she did say like, you don't necessarily have to send food. Like it's, it is a lot. And it's, it's kind of like, we all get this one idea of this is what you do. 
and then everyone goes to that one place and it's like yeah. all resources go there. And again, like you said, not to say it's not amazing. And they're, of course, they're doing yeoman's work. I mean, it's amazing yeah. what they're doing in some of these hospitals, the ones that are, yeah. but yeah, it's so interesting to think a lot of us are forgetting or not realizing that the, the, the resources that were allocated or available for the homeless, especially in Los Angeles, are now being shifted somewhere else. And then the people that were creating contact, and like you said, boots on the ground, are now that's been cut off from the system because of what's going on. So they're, they're still working, but not delivering and also not seeing and saying hello. So yeah. it's like their survival has been ramped up. So mm -hmm. you're feeling that, but you, it sounds like you're also saying you're feeling kind of this topic we talked about that first time is the sense of feeling very ignored. Oh yeah. And they don't have like gloves and masks. Like, I don't know if you've been out <laughs> in this at all, where you've experienced like a grocery store run or you've experienced people wanting to be so, uh, so specific about how many feet apart from you. Like I've just never seen the amount of separation that humans want. Right. Um, where it's so disheartening to see people that way because it's not natural to us. It's funny. I felt the same way. I was like, I get it. I get for what's going on and I'm happy like people are respecting it. But what I keep hearing in the news, which is what makes me terrified is when people are like, this might just have to become a new normal. You might see that this is how we have to do practice. And, this, and I'm literally like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I get that this might be something that's necessary for now because there's no, you know, vaccines. There's no other ways in the moment. I was like, but this to me feels like that would be the end of human. Like to me, it's the opposite of what we're supposed to be learning. If you're saying this is like a permanent thing, like I get people are saying no more handshakes, no more hugs, which also I'm a hugger. So that's hard for me, but, yeah, it's, but it's, it's, it doesn't resonate with my spirit. So I don't, I, me can't, neither. I can't accept it because it's not, it's not in our nature. Like we need a new community. To, I mean, or we would abandon our children at birth. You know what I mean? Absolutely. In the space of like naturally, like you can't survive without us. Like we are meant to be no, tribal. Be little, yeah, tribal villages that would travel together and stay together and pass the babies around to help them yeah. and, and like, yeah, the sleep together to keep each other warm and to keep each yeah. other safe. And like, yeah, it's in. No, it's, 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 it's really, I, that part's hard. So like, if we deal with that as people that are like in society, because I do separate the homeless community because it's a different world. It's a different existence. It's very, very separated and they don't have like mass. It's like people are treating us that way. And we have resources, we have upkeep, we have all the things that are, are considered needed. And yet we're treated like we are not all one, right? You see the separation. It's very like obvious, everyone's expressing it, but that community doesn't even have gloves, doesn't have masks, so people don't even want to. I mean, I remember I was having a smoothie at the farmer's market, I choked, and a guy literally, and his girlfriend, like literally went across, like almost left the farmer's market because I choked on my smoothie. Like, I think he just thought I had corona because that happened. It was just, like the worst timing, you just feel weird to cough. Right. You're like, wow, nothing can happen because people are gonna think. I'm, I'm the problem. I created this, but that community, like our street family, they don't have these things. So I, you just don't see anyone. You don't even see people walking past. At least before, you would see people walking past Kid Row, going somewhere else. 
Right. Now you you don't. I just saw street family. I didn't see one person that was like housed in society. They're I don't know how they're getting around it, but they're just kind of no one's going down there. No visitors, you know? It was really sad. And it was, oh my God, the worst thing yesterday, last night that happened that I had to think about just because of companionship. Miss Brenda is like my skid row grandmother. Like I look at her as kind of um she I just she's been that for me. I've known her for like four years now. And I was just so hurt last night. I went to her tent to bring her food. And she's an older woman, senior citizen, never got adopted. So she she's been on skid row for the last 13 years now. Um and because her foster mother passed away, she never had family, never had kids, because she dedicated her life to to serving her her foster mom. She wanted to be with her. She took care of her even when her birth kids left. And so she passed away and no one took her on. So she's on Skid Row and she had she has a pit bull named Ginger. <laughs> and I love Ginger so much. She's like the biggest teddy bear, but she looks so intimidating. And Ginger is sick and gonna pass away. Like you can see it. And I'm just so hurt. Like it was even seeing something that small as like Miss Brenda, who literally her pit bull is all she has. Like that is her her connection. Besides us like showing up, that's it. It's, I literally was watching, like I had to view bringing her food last night and her laying coddled with her dog that I know is gonna pass away in her tent. As a see, she was so hurt, but she didn't even want to like acknowledge that Ginger is sick, like because she doesn't, she doesn't have proper medical. She can't just take her, and Ginger's like body's limp. She's losing weight, and you can just see it. And she's just sitting there, like on top of this whole thing. You have a woman who's going to be by herself now in a different way. You know, it's like that is that is a a huge thing. Like people don't realize something that simple as. Uh, someone who is experiencing homelessness and their pet, that is sanity, that is support, that is, you know, there are service dogs for a reason, like that does help people. And seeing that last night, it was so heartbreaking, you know, where it's like, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, what'd you say? And she can't acknowledge it because it's too painful. Uh-huh. And she's just sitting there and it's just like, that's what you have to see. Like people are just so hurt and they're losing things around them too. It's like, you're just watching, a, it's like a cycle of loss for them all now, the time. So I've noticed, like I was saying, most of the places where the tents usually are, it's mm-hmm. like uninhabited. So questions, is that something legal that's been going on or are they all just grouping together for survival somewhere else? Like what, like have they been removed? Like what, what, do you, what is it about? A lot of people are being removed. I've, We've been told that they finished. They've been working on this camp in Victorville that can hold 13,000 people. There's like an encampment that they've been building for years. And I don't know where they're removing people because I, there's about seven or eight people that I know that I haven't seen. Like even yesterday, one of the guys I know is on the missing list that I've known for years since I started Lunch With Me. Um, no, they're removing people. I, we literally don't know where they're, where they're being, where they're disappearing to, but it's not, they're not walking off leaving. They're being removed and we don't know. We do not know exactly where they're going. We don't know where they've been taking people, but they're definitely removing people. I have no idea. I know obviously some people, they just throw in jail. 
we know that, right? Like we know that people are always wrongfully incarcerated, but I do not know where other people are going. And I've been seeing, um, and I've also been seeing people mentally, I've been seeing them come back with mental illness that they didn't have before. Like I had a guy, Scotty, come to me who's always been, I mean, he's always been nuts in the sense of like, he's just a character. But the last time I saw him, he just said he was in the hospital. They injected him and they don't know, he doesn't know what they gave him. And he felt like he was going to die. And he's been almost like paranoid schizophrenia out of nowhere. And there's been things like that, that I've seen that multiple people. I had one of our guys, Primo, these are people I've documented for years came up to me I see him on a bike he doesn't even walk he takes a bike everywhere it was just weird because the last time I seen him we were talking about him last night I have not been able to find him in the last like eight months but he had come up to me and just said I can't I don't know how to ride my bike anymore and it was just this weird like I've been seeing this like same thing where people mentally something's happening that we don't know but people we've known for years have had no issues, all of a sudden are having like mobility issues, being lost, being lethargic. And it's not like, I honestly, I know drugs. I know what they do to people. These aren't our normal people who are addicts. Like we, you know, we have our community that we love, like there's no difference to us, but we do know who is on what. And to have people who are normal, all of a sudden this happened, it's, it's very, and then people are disappearing. Like, I literally found a guy that I know, Jason, day before yesterday, another, like, community from Koreatown posted a missing guy that I know from Skid Row. Like, missing people that I know. Mm. And, I, and I do not know where they're being taken. They're not leaving together. It's, I mean, it's so interesting, because I've noticed it, too. I'm like, where is everyone? And, and I have noticed, because even I went food shopping yesterday, and I looked in a couple spots of where people are usually hanging out, because I was going to, because I assume they're not going to have masks, and I was going to be like, yeah. tell me what you need, and I'll just buy it with my stuff, and then I would have given yeah. it to them. I didn't see anyone. It was weird, and I was like, that's so bizarre. Usually right outside of the supermarket is at least this one person, and then around the corner is that other person. It, it's, it's, so I've noticed it, too. I've been like, God, where? So I was And they're not, like, a lot of the homeless community, when they establish their space, their neighborhood, they frequent there. You can find them. It's right. like, I don't, you don't need a phone number from half of them. I know how to like find every single one of them. I know, you know, it's like their habits, like you can literally clock their habits. Right. You know, around, you'll find like time frames. They'll be at this Walgreens. They'll be like, you know, I'm pretty sure you know too the ones that you've been, um, just communicating with and have a relationship with, you know their habits, you know how to find them. They're not hard to locate. Do you, it's, it's being, when you're kind of living in homelessness, like is being habitual helpful? Like having a habit, having, is that something that, so my point being is if it's taken away from you, does that throw you off in a way or no? No, it's just more like, it's just like, it's like you, you kind of think of it like in the sense of like, how we have a home and how that's becomes our neighborhood. What happens is like when they find a space that's safe to have a tent or lay in, then they start to stay in that community and meet people in that community. They know, oh, if I'm at this Walgreens, I do have this friend that comes to this Walgreens. He'll buy me something when he goes in. Like they'll go to those places looking for their community. Right. So that's their normal 
that's their normal, but they're not going to, they don't have anywhere else to go. They won't just leave. Like Miss Brenda literally hasn't left her block in 12 years outside of me taking her to dinner. Like the only time she leaves her block is like, I take her to dinner and I've taken her to like Palm Springs and stuff. Like I've taken her like some random little trips, <laughs> but like she, she's, imagine like someone who has been on the same block for 12 years, has not left it once. Yeah. Like it's you, when you find that it's, it's already like, a vulnerable state to be in but you have to remember like when they find a safe space even if it's out like that's a safe space for them so that's why they return to it now skid row like one of the few places they just leave the tents and they don't bother them or do they ever do a clean sweep over there oh they do sweeps every week i mean i dealt with it when i was on skid row for 43 days in a tent when i was filming um city sanitation i watched them like take their things and throw them away twice a week like people crying in disarray because what happens is they'll have like their backpack with their ID in it and their food stamp card or whatever they have. And every week they do sweeps every week. They throw away what they decide. They dictate what gets thrown away. So they take their stuff all the time. I remember one guy having like a, a literally almost like a mental breakdown because he's like the skid row bike fixer. So like, Every like people have bikes because that's their wheels. Like that's how they get around. If they have to go, if they have to go somewhere far, especially like kids that are in college that are homeless, like the ones that actually leave the community that are trying that work that can't afford a place. Like there is like this other set of community within Skid Row that are also like connected to both societies, and they all have bikes. And there's always certain guys that probably were mechanics before or whatever, but they fix bikes. I was there one day and city sanitation decided to take the bikes because they confiscate all bulk items. And he's like, I fix bikes. And he was literally crying because he was like, I'm going to have to pay a hundred and some dollars to buy this man a new bike. Cause you're throwing his bike away and I'm fixing the tires on it. Like things like that. And they just threw it away. Like no remorse, no anything. Like, how do people like Brenda like work around that? Like, if she's been there for thirteen years, has she just lost stuff and rebuilt it, or do they move every week and they disappear? Every week, no, every week. Miss Brenda, the seniors have to move their stuff every week, break their tents down, move them so that they can spray bleach and stuff on the grounds. But they have to do it like they don't have any support to help. There's literally seniors just literally pushing their stuff. That's why like so many grocery carts are taken because that's the only way and those are taken from them. Mm-hmm. Things that wills are taken from them. So they have to like push their stuff. I dealt with it for 43 days and it was just, it was awful. It was the worst thing because they wake you up. At, you're getting up at six, seven, eight in the morning. People are moving stuff to the other side of the street. They have to wait till it's clean, wiped, and they have to move all their stuff back every other week. Wow. So and they go twice a week and they do one, like one side of the street, like street sweeping. Yeah. One side of the street, then they do the other side. What, what's so tell me, I know you and I were briefly talking about it, like when we were yeah. texting about, um, I guess there's, you know, they've been, they've been, at least in California, I can speak for that. They've been kind of mm-hmm. using like motels and hotel chains to house homeless that with COVID-19. Now, is it, on, I think it's only if you show symptoms of COVID, right? They're trying to keep them off the street. Yeah, I haven't, it's, it's interesting because I haven't met one person that's been taken off the streets into a hotel. I haven't met, I don't know one person. So I don't know who, I have no idea who these people are that they're taking. Right. But it's, it's not the, 
the community we work I have no it's it's one of those things it's like you do have to question everything that's that's presented only because like where do these re, like where do these facts come from a lot of things have come up and I'm like why don't we know anyone in the community that this grand thing has happened to and we know thousands of people like why we can't go to Skid Row. It's to the point where people know our car. Right. I get my windows up because I need to like get through Skid Row and not like stop for two hours and talk to people. And right. I'm hearing people yelling down the street, hey. Like it's such a tight knit community. So it's like, how are these research like where is this coming from and why haven't any of the people we know received them? So it's like, I mean, they didn't even know about Skid Row. Like they didn't even know about COVID nineteen. So people have to remember. When people are experiencing homelessness, they're at least 10 to 15 years behind us because they don't have televisions. They don't have smartphones. They're still getting their information from New York Times. Like right. they're going to the store. They're the ones still buying newspapers, like literally. So a lot of things that are happening, a lot of people didn't even know about. They just saw, all, can you imagine like not knowing what's going on and waking up and everyone's a mask? Yeah, that's interesting. Have you talked to people about it? Like, what yeah, they, yeah. One of the one of the guys that we um, first worked worked with, Kevin, who's a chef now. I saw him yesterday. He stopped by. Ke Kevin is someone that like we had been feeding for years. He turned his life around. He's now uh, a chef. He cooks, and he's got his life back. He has a place, and so he still goes to Skid Row. He serves food with us. He'll serve, and he printed out um, like ten thousand copies of what COVID nineteen was and passed them out like by hand because no one knew about it. Wow. And he had to like inform people. People didn't even know about it. Okay, you guys ready to hear the Den's favorite Oracle deck? It is the Moon deck. And why? Because A, it is stunning. It is a beautiful set of 44 cards and it can be used for anything. It can be used as an Oracle guide or simply as a daily tool for reflection and meditation, or if you like to do tarot inspired spreads. And here's the beauty too. It's all on FSC certified paper using plant-based ink. But here's what I love about it. It really just helps you get excited to sit and have a practice. So even if it's just a five minute reflection of what you can think about to go deeper in yourself or a deeper inspired meditation, what a beautiful way to just start peeling some of those layers back. So go now, do not wait, go to themoondeck.com. And if you use our code MOONDEN, you get 10% off your entire order. So again, themoondeck.com, use MOONDEN, you get 10% off. Let us know what you think, drop a line. Sorry for the interruption, guys, but this one's important. You know, it is a tough time, and that's what we've been doing this COVID-19 perspective series, and I want to give you an option for someone you can talk to. I mean, I love the meditation, obviously, and I think it's super helpful, but sometimes you need to talk to someone. So betterhelp.com, and that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com provides services and counselors, so expertise that you might not be able to get in your area or you might not be able to afford traditionally. So this is an amazing resource that you can go to. They match you up to your needs within 24 hours. And look, if the counselor doesn't work for you for free, they reassess and give you a different counselor. You can send notes to your counselor at any time. And within 24 hours, you get responses. You set up phone talks, video talks, whatever works for you with no waiting, none of the traditional hassle. And like I mentioned before, 
it is cheaper than traditional therapy. And if you need financial aid, which I know at this time is, you know, most people need it, please reach out to them because they make that work too. It is so important. We want to make sure you guys are taken care of every step of the way. So this is another option for you guys as well. So again, with Dentox, you get 10% off your first session. So go to betterhelp.com forward slash Dentox. Betterhelp, again, that's H-E-L-P.com forward slash Dentox. All right, you guys, we're there for you. It's funny. It's like in some ways we like infantilize this group because it's like we it's like being treated like children. It's kind of like you expect kids to know everything and then you get annoyed at them when they don't. And then when they behave, I mean, I'm using all kid language, behave incorrectly. And in some ways it's like, it's what we do to this community too. It's like, we expect them to know stuff, which how would they, because they don't have that connection or that access. So then we expect them to also behave or react a certain way, which how can they, they don't have the resources and they don't even realize what's going on. They don't even know what they're supposed to be doing. And then we react and I say we as like society, yeah, reacts, yeah. as like, as almost with an anger or disdain for yeah. this group not understanding or behaving quote unquote properly. Yeah. No, it's, no, it's, and it's, again, it's a lot of that like lack of understanding, right? Yeah. Like there's such a big disconnect. Mm-hmm. It's like, how can we like solve these problems or bridge these gaps if we don't even understand like what's happening? how their life is on a daily basis. I learn things every single day that I didn't know. Like every single day something happens in the community that I'm like, how is it I've been doing this work for so long and every day I'm learning something that I'm like, I should have known or like, because there's that other side too. It's like, even me feeling like I'm in both worlds, there are still things that I have to constantly learn and check myself in so that I can understand where they're coming from understand what they've gone through even down to when this happened going being in society and then when it first started happening and i first started going to skid row right when it was announced and no one knew what was going to happen you know happen it was more in china like we didn't really know what was going on talking to a lady about it and i was asking her like on skid row if you were if she was afraid and she was like no because i never thought i would even live this long mm-hmm. And she just had this space of like, I'm just grateful to be alive. I never thought I would live this long. And so it's like certain things you don't always take into consideration where it's like, they're not afraid of a virus. Every day their, their life is like a Russian roulette. You don't know what's going to happen. You never have any type of certainty, any type of uh, knowing. Right. And so well, like. I'm sure a vi- this virus to them really is like, they could easily be getting pneumonia. They could easily be getting, so it is, a you know. For them, or like people don't think about the amount of rats are on Skid Row. Their immune system is probably better than all of us. <laughs> no, and that's the truth. I mean, you because you think about like bites, like things that they deal with on a regular basis. Yeah, their immune system are ten times better. Because well, I'm like, have you seen it? Like, have you know? Like, so what's been going on with the population as far as getting? Honestly, sick? I've seen, I've seen no one showing signs. Right, it's interesting. But honestly, I don't know one person that, that, I don't know one person that's like in the hospital that's battling it. I don't know one person that, I don't know anyone that's passed away from it. I was like trying to ask my dad and my, my best friend because my dad's a surgeon, my best friend's a nurse. And I have a ton of medical, uh, half of my family's in the, me- in the medical field. Yeah. And I'm like asking them like, and it's, and it's weird. It's this odd thing because 
no one I know, like my best friend's like, oh, we had to test, they said, but I feel like even some medical aren't even experiencing it. My dad's not experiencing it. My best friend's not experiencing it in that way. Like, right. at all. So it, it's very interesting. Areas are, different areas are definitely being hit differently. And I look, yeah. especially with our homeless population being what it is, California has been, or at least I can speak for Los Angeles, has been yeah. very mellow compared to what they expected with our population size. And it's like, we've been, they say we've been really lucky and they don't know why is it because people have actually been doing stay at home? Is it maybe the way our city structured? Is it that it's already kind of passed through and there's a herd immunity? Nobody knows, but we have been lucky. But it is interesting. Part of me was wondering almost in some ways they're doing their, like the homeless population is doing their stay at home because people aren't around them. So it's kind of like, and I do believe their immune systems are probably so high. <laughs> yeah, I haven't met anyone that's like been sick in that way at all, at all. Like I just, and I don't, I don't, it's, again, I think that people are sad, but I don't see like, it's not like they're paranoid from this. They're right. just sad because they're forgotten. They don't have anything. They don't know what they're going to do. It is like a ghost town. It's really weird. I don't know if people have walked around LA or if they're used to what it's normally like where it is busy, it's congested. It's a lot of different things. And it's just been like quiet in a weird, eerie way. You see more bikes out, but like, it's just, it's been really, really quiet. Even on Skid Row, it's been super quiet. Like, you literally just see people, like, all sitting down. Some people don't have tents. And they're just sitting there. Like, literally just sitting on the sidewalk, staring at nothing. Just sitting there. I just don't think, you know, they they don't have anywhere they can go. They just kind of – the and that's the thing, too. The, there's two parks in Skid Row that everyone frequents. And um, St. Julian and um, Gladys Park the parks are closed there's just no they're just like stuck so they're not really doing anything they just have to sit there I mean, it looks like everyone's in timeout it really does well yeah i was gonna say because for them like the park is socialization the park is entertainment a park is stimulation so like it would literally be like for those who are stuck at home it's like your tv broke you have no access to like any information which for people here is their entertainment it's like yeah. to have no access to any stimulation or entertainment at all is that's yeah. hard on a soul oh my god it's it's, it's it is hard and it's interesting because life is definitely changing like i, I don't think we're ever going to go back to whatever we were i think that is like now a past i'm not saying like the i'm hoping all these new words of social distance and all this stuff that people have decided to create and plant I hope that that goes away, but I just know that we're going to be so different. And on the flip side is I have seen some people say, I'm so much more grateful now, like about life, just people in general. Like, I feel like that is one of the most positive parts where people who may have taken for granted, hanging out with friends, spending time, prioritizing relationships in their life. Yeah. Like, I feel like there is this other side where it's putting things in perspective. So what are things people can do? A, like I want you to say how people can donate to you guys in your bodega because the fact that you're still feeding so many people regularly. Yeah. So I want you to tell people how to do that, but also like what are other things people can be doing to help? Well, one thing um, that we have uh, needed help is people sewing masks to give to us, to give to the street family because they don't have enough that's something that, and that's the thing we've been doing is like, we've been like hand making masks to sell so that we can buy twice as many and give them out. Like it, one right. of the ways is 
if people so like that does help that's a resource where can, people, where can people drop off the masks or send them oh they can at our at our bodega in koreatown um and i can send you the address to that too send me everything and we'll post it yeah where people um that's been a big one is just like having that just being able to we've been we've been doing a lot of just like bar soaps for people just things for them to at least try and feel like they're trying to be you know in compliance because like my biggest concern had been if they find people for not having masks and all the homeless communities find and they're just in another because they get ticketed all the time they're right. always getting tickets they're always where i'm just like so I, I'm just thinking about that. Like, even though they're not worried about the fines, but it's like they go to jail and they don't pay those tickets. They get warrants for their arrest off of these tickets. So it's like they don't have a. And so that's what I'm thinking about. Is like I hope that they don't make it mandatory where people get fined, because how are they going to get masks? They're right. saying the medical. They're saying doctors and nurses don't have enough masks. How are they going to get? Sure. Yeah, and you know masks the and bars of soap. You were saying. Yeah, that will help a lot. Bars of soap will help. Um, people can donate to our free meals and that's just for everyone. So we've kind of opened, we've opened our program up to allowing anyone that needs a meal. Cause we just want to make sure everyone is okay during this, this time where anyone can come to the bodega. We have this free meal Fridays where people literally come. We've been making a whole bunch of trail mix for people to take home cold pressed juices. We've been getting kombuchas donated to give out to the community just to be able to make sure everyone's taken care of and that we don't forget anyone. Like, Obviously, our street family, we know their need is obvious, but there's people who are suffering in silence that we're also addressing where we want to make sure that everyone, moms are supported, working families are supported, immigration. We want everyone like during this time to be able to at least have their needs met. So that's important to us is we've kind of taken on a whole nother thing because we've taken on even more food. To But it's, it's, it's easier because we have our market where we can people can just come drop by and it just happens all throughout the day. People just come for meals. And we started the program to try and designate a certain day, but we've been giving free meals out to our community every single day. Anyone that comes in, we allow them to have a free meal, period. So that's what we need help with. We need people that, that want to support, but let's try and get more food to families that are not working, that don't have. Is financial the best way or can people drop off items? Because are you having trouble getting access to like food to cook? You, uh, no, it's easier now. It, the first week and a half, when people were hoarding for a little while, like it was very difficult to get things. But we started getting, like we've been buying things in bulk. What's been a little harder for us is getting just more like to-go things because now everything we do, it was easy for us to get just eco-friendly plates. Now everything has to be to-go because right. everyone, and, and that's the thing, the entire city's to-go. So right. that helps us to-go. Anything that's, that's to-go ha- helps a lot. Okay. So that's okay. kind of, and then we do, you know, we recycle our bottles. So that's big for us. It's like, uh, even our drinks are served in glass bottles because we recycle them. People take them, they bring them back. And we uh, recycle them. But like we re- wash them and everything, sanitize them and reuse them. Like that's a big thing for us. We reuse bottles. And of course, like we sanitize, do all that. But that's just kind of what I feel like even more than food, because we're able, like our resources for food have been up. It's been this weird, interesting thing 
mm-hmm. with food and it's just been a very interesting space because a lot of things are affected in different ways yeah. and to goes are kind of like toilet paper like in the sense of like because every single restaurant it's is to go using it that's interesting so if anyone has any access to or sees if they're out mm-hmm. supermarket shopping and sees like a pack of anything that's a to-go box of any sort yeah we, we literally have to go every single day because certain days will be sold out certain days like we I have know. to go every single day just to make sure like we get you know every time we go we try and get as much as we can to to have for the week but we have to go every single day and that's really like the food has been easier because a lot of people are, are um are buying a surplus of non-perishables and we buy fresh foods so right. it's that part has been easier we can get our hands on lettuce we can get our hands to make our salads and our fruit and because people they're not that's not what they're they're overstocking yeah. on right so it's it's a blessing in that way it's just now like getting more the to go of mac and cheese everyone else can have because you're yeah <laughs> yeah they can, yeah it's made it really that part easy so that's kind of just been more of the resource that and um we've been giving out many sages because that clears oh. the air so we've yeah. been we've been doing that's been like a lot like i i bought a surplus of sage to be able to give like many ones out to just the street family so that they can like because that helps the air that actually cleans out like germs yeah. or people don't know that sage helps so we've been doing more of that than the lysol we're just more on like the sage space of like oh let's we don't really want people breathe, breathing in lysol but it's a natural way to clean oh. oh my gosh sorry no no worries i think that's great it's like okay so good to recap them for you guys money obviously always helpful and we'll do that information um if you guys have bars of soap, if you can get to go boxes, if you can bring masks or make masks, these are all things you guys really need. And of course, yeah. And even something as simple as more water bottles because, water bottles. because I mean, they're, it's the resources have been a little extreme. That's water is like golden skid row. A lot of people need yes. water. Because it's an expense that I always try and remind people, even if someone's on food stamps, they get $3 a day. Yeah, and it's like a water bottle is a dollar. Yeah, yeah, and that's so people do pick between food and water. And because of you, I always have bottles of water in my car now that I give out. And it's funny, I, I gave it to someone the other. You know, they were I, one. I finally there was a homeless person standing <laughs> in the corner of the street, and I said, "I'm like, would you like some water?" And he's like, "Oh my god, yes!" And so like I went to my truck. Yeah. It was in my no, it's gold. It really yeah. is. People don't realize because they'll go days without drinking water because they don't have it or, you know? And so that part's been, that honestly helps us too, because a lot of our street, our street family that's um, in MacArthur Park, because MacArthur Park is the closest park to our bodega, they come in every day to get food. Like they literally come in and we like package food and water for them. They'll come to them today just to ask for water because of course we like, it's kind of our bodega's become like a resource center. People have been coming there just to get things. You're, Amazing. I mean, I always love talking to you. Uh, you always put everything back in perspective and you're such an amazing advocate for people. And unfortunately, there's a whole slice of people that are forgotten and yeah. they need a voice and you're their voice. And um, I think that's beautiful. And I always want to hear that voice because um, I know that I've now 
met so many incredible people who live on the streets. I've connected in that community in a way different way since I spoke to you the first time. And I owe you for that entirely. And it is a very forgotten society and there's still so much I'm learning and can do. But it's magical. But it's so, I think that's the, the interesting part is like when we open ourselves up, like two different walks of life, like what we can learn, what we can gather, what we can share. It's, it's so beautiful. I feel like it's so needed just for us to be so expansive in our experience and understanding life and, and people. It's like, we can't just, I just don't think that being in our bubble is, is, is the way to learn and to understand on a deep, deep level. And you do, you you gain a different understanding from different walks of life, different existence. It kind of shatters the idea of like our way is the only way you learn, you know? And so I, I'm so grateful even with the community, I am grateful because I do feel like, for me, I resonate more with people experiencing homelessness on the space. And maybe because I've been around them for long, I don't know what it is. But, like, the separation doesn't feel good to me. But just going to Skid Row and knowing they're not going to say to me that. Like, you had a couple people say, like, oh, I don't want to get you sick because I think that they're the problem. Like, so they'll say things like that because I, I can't even imagine what they've heard people say to them. But it's it's interesting because I feel like even through all of this, like being able to maintain that connection and humanity, I, I give it to them. I feel like I would be lost without having that. Like we felt so good being out all night. Like we closed our bodega early, our entire team went. And usually like we have to break up and like do half and half because we have, but we all closed early last night. Like, nine o'clock so we can make food and just go out there and stay all night and to me that just was like a breath of fresh air because it really was like connection i don't like i can't i can't be away from humans in that way i really i really like love just experiencing life with people and and learning people and connecting in fleeting moments it's not even like i don't need to to connect with them forever that moment just being able to be present and having those moments, it's just, I just feel like it's so healing. Like, it makes me not afraid of, like, everything that's happening, like, I don't, I don't walk in fear because I've learned how to be so strong because of them. Like, they gave me a, a, a completely different strength that came from, like, that trust, that faith. Like, and you see that, too. Like, for people to be in that space, they have such strong faith in whatever they're believing in, to whomever they pray to. Whatever it is, it's apparent, you know? what you're saying is huge, which is, you know, we can learn so much from others if we're open. And the fact that they have this beautiful faith and strength. I mean, that's what so many people who are fed every day and have homes and moves over their heads are so struggling with. They're struggling with trying to find their faith, whatever that looks like, any faith in themselves um, and strength. And that's what they're struggling with. And it's so interesting to see, well, you could actually look and learn from this whole sect of people that you actually ignore. And, mm-hmm. they, and they actually have the answers, most of them that you're actually looking for. Yeah, I feel like that's when they say like we block our blessings or we miss the mark. I yeah. feel like it's that. I feel like it's in front of us. It's someone that that is so willing and open to connect. Like so many people, I feel like in that community, there are more people that surrender than have resistance. Right, and that's what we're trying to learn to do. Yeah, so you just like there, <laughs> it's like, I, I love the fact that like, I can talk to a complete stranger. I met a couple people last night I did not know. And they were just like, 
it's in the middle of the night. I'm like yelling at them like, hey, are you hungry? And they're just like so friendly. Like, yes, you have food. And I know like, a guy opened his plate like, oh my God, you have good food. And like, they're just, but just to be that open with strangers. Like, I don't know people that are like that. People are so resistant to yeah. just the goodness of humanity. And, and so to see people, it's so refreshing to see people that like, trust you. We had to jump someone's car last night. Like there's so many things happening right this morning. Um, there was another guy who lives in his car and his battery died probably because he had like a car on, like whatever happened, but he lives in his car and his battery died and we had to jump his car last night. And just even just seeing people in different walks of life and just being able to, and I, and I think about that, like a man flagging us down in the middle of the street, in the middle of the night, how many people will stop to help someone? And he was an older guy too. And him just being like, oh my God, thank you so much. Because I'm sure every car driven by left their windows up, separated from just people and just being able to, to connect in that way. I feel like that is, that is saving my own mental health. Like because of what this thing is, I feel like they're healing me through this experience in real time. Not like waiting till we come out of it and figuring out what damage it's caused, but real time, piece by piece, being in the space of like consciousness of I don't want to be separated. I don't want this is weighing on my soul. I don't want that. Like I have to work on this now, and it's that. Like that's what I always tell people. Like don't lose sight of it. Like make sure you're working on it in real time so that you don't have this collection of things that you've added through this experience. Cause you, you know, like it's, it's, there's trauma attached to that type of separation, that type of fear, that type of anxiety, even wearing the mask. I don't, I don't even have like, I don't have anxiety. And like, I understand our generation has a lot of anxiety and all those things. I don't have those things, but that mask makes me feel like, I don't know, something's creeping up. <laughs> something's, you know, I'm like, if I didn't have anxiety, it's because I feel like I'm like, wow, I'm going from being okay to I can't breathe. <laughs> like, I, I know, know, it's true. That's so funny. That's so funny. So I'm just like, we have to work on that in real time, you know? Yeah, like, it is. There's a lot of lessons being delivered. It's just what people take them and learn from them. And they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, like um, people need to open their eyes and see past just the situation they're in because they can yeah. talk from like the other situ- people that other people are in too. And it's, um, and that we can still help. Like you said, oh, yeah. people, the first responders are amazing, but there's other people who really need the help right now too. Yeah. And especially masks. Like I feel like it, because it's something that it's so mandatory like you can see it, you know, people can deny service and like so many things. It's yeah. just like making sure that every, we, we make sure that everyone's good. You know, it's like if everyone buys, at least if everyone buys one person a mask, everyone has one. Like, and that's what I want to tell people too. Like, you know, it's Lorea's bodega. And again, yeah. we'll post the information so people can see it and find it. But again, if you're just dropping off one mask, that's okay. Don't feel like yeah. you show up with like a hundred masks. Like drop off one, yeah. everyone will be more than excited. Drop off one bottle yeah. of water, people will be excited. Don't, because I don't want to prevent people from showing up if they feel like they don't have. No, it's a potluck. Like we, I always say that like our, our entire company model, how we started, it was literally a potluck. Yeah. Everyone did what they could, and we created a feast. Impact came from everyone doing their part. Exactly. Not from one, one person. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it, to me, it's all appreciated. It doesn't matter what it is. When people help, it's not even about what you're doing. It's the energy you're putting into it. It's the love, the consideration. 
everything is energy. It's not about what it is. Mm, it's literally right. about where your heart is when you're doing it. And so that's what, and I tell you all the time, one water helps one person, period. You know, it's not, it's never been about having a lot. If you have a lot, great. If you don't, if you're sharing, that's a blessing to even be in a position to give someone more, more than just to be able to give someone something. Some people don't have just their bare needs met. Are you there every day? Oh, at the bodega, I'm, yeah, I'm in and out because I'm all, like, I'm there every single day at some point, at least an hour out the day. It's just, I'm in and out because I'm, like, picking up stuff. Like, today I got to go pick up stuff. Everyone's so depressed, I'm buying a soft serve machine at the bodega to make everyone soft serve. That's amazing. Yeah, we're doing ice cream for everyone because everyone looks so sad. And is the bodega open so people know? Like, what are the hours? Yeah, it's open from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Perfect. And yeah, we're, I'm literally like, once I'm done this, I'm going to go uh, pick up a soft serve because everyone, I'm like, ice cream is going to make everyone feel better. And especially when I make vegan ice cream, whatever, they're going to feel so much better. And yeah. we've been saying that because everyone looks so like, and it's hot, sad too, it'll be great. huh? And it's hot. So it's going to be great. Oh my God. Yeah. We were literally just talking about that. We're like, to me, it's the small things, you know, it's just like, if we could just hold on to those in the, the small moments. But and we can bring a smile on people's faces, and that's not small. Yeah. That's huge. So yeah, yeah, um, the small things are the big things, and it's just like you chip away at it. You do it every single day, and you look up, and it just it becomes this wave, you know, of just goodness. And it's energy. It's it's counteracting all of this. We joke, we laugh. Like that's the thing. Is like even coming to the bodega, I feel like people just come in there to get a little bit of healing and leave because we literally laugh all day. Like, we can't help it because it's like, that's the only thing that's going to heal us. Like, I don't want to feel heavy. And I, don't, I think that all of us need to give ourselves permission to not have to feel heavy in every single intense moment. Right. It's okay to give yourself permission to breathe and to laugh and to still find the goodness. Because I think we get too serious. This whole thing has been so serious, but there's still like, babies still laugh, children still find yeah. joy. It's like, I do believe that we have to preserve that. And we have to let go of some of the heaviness because all it's going to do is weigh you down. Like it doesn't change the results. It doesn't change the outcome. It just literally weighs on our, our souls individually. And then collectively, it just, it becomes this energy that we don't understand why it hurts so bad because we're all holding on to it. Truer words have never been spoken. It's true. You're, you're (laughs) amazing. This is why I love always having you on because you're, you spread so much goodness yourself. And then I think you really inspire others to do so, which is so important. Thanks. And I love you too, for always just, just always, I feel like being such a truth seeker and being okay with like talking about things and having conversations that are uncomfortable for people, (laughs) because that's important. Like you have a gracious way of making people grow like a gracious way to say, you know, it's like you, you know how to create that accountability, but it all comes from a place of love and uh, progress forward for, and that's the space I feel that you've created, which is why I feel the same way, right? I, I, I love being that space because I know what you're delivering. I know what you're, what you're changing in your community, what you're doing, and you're creating that same exact thing where it allows us to be better. If every person is doing that, that's why we're able to reach so many people is yeah. because we're first being mindful with what we're delivering, it's you so know? True. It's change without, you know, judgment. We're, no one oh, yeah, who yeah. you are, what you're doing. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, come as you open are. Open to learning. Come as you are and just be open. That's it. Yeah. I've been telling a lot of go. people, 
what's helped, I've been telling a lot of people that have come in that are afraid, that are like in these spaces, right? Like they're freaked out. And I'm telling them, I'm like, you have to understand this is good that this is coming up because you've suppressed this for so long. That was buried. That was buried deep. And you weren't working on it because it wasn't at the surface. I'm like, even if you are coming from a fear place, uh, uncertainty, depression, like address it because it's in front of you. Address it. That's so much better than carrying it because then you can decide if you want to own it or if you want to abandon it, if you want to work through it, like you get that decision. You can't make that decision if it's buried and you don't even know how to bring it up. Life is bringing it up for you. And so I think it's so important now, even with people being in that space, I'm like, let's address it all. Let's let all the elephants in the room, whatever people are feeling, let it come out and let them work through it. Like let this time be a time where they can transmute and transform things that they don't want and let them go. Like, it's okay to be afraid. I don't expect everyone to know how to deal with war or to deal with, you know, what's happening. We're all freestyling in a way, but it's like, if we look at it and we're not ashamed of it and, and we're comfortable in knowing like this is progress, then it's fine. I feel like everything we've had, it's so funny. People come in, like when I say covered, like they'll come in like in their whole suit. I'm like, it's a little hot for that turtleneck. Like they just don't want their body exposed at all. And then they'll come in and they'll be like, I shouldn't have done all this. Like, they'll just say it. And I'm like, yeah, you're okay. Like, it's okay. And they'll literally, like, take off their mask to breathe and be like, okay, because I was having a panic attack under all that. And it's like, yes, like, give yourself permission to feel whatever you're feeling and address it. And and we laugh at them. Like, literally, there's, like, this, like, it's literally, we literally laugh with them. And we always tell them, like, weren't you being silly? And then they're like, yes. And it helps. It's so healing. Yes. Even that for because we do like when they do get paranoid and we're like, come on, breathe. How's your heart doing? Like we always tell the people, all the customers that come in, we're like, are you okay? How's your heart feeling? Breathe. And we're like, we're not, we always tell them, we're like, you know, we're not in war right this second, right? <laughs> like we're in a grocery store because they come in like everyone's on defense mode. Yeah. So they're in the space of like, you got to be, and we don't even have the marks on the ground. Like I just, cause that doesn't resonate with me. So I just, I don't have it, right. you know? And so I'm just like, everyone breathe. You don't have to worry. Our space doesn't hold that many people. It's tiny. <laughs> so it's not like we can, we can't be crowded. Right. So people are like, how many people can be in here? I'm like, well, less than Ralph's. <laughs> sorry, my best friend is probably, no. I thought, sorry, the second time I didn't put on airport email because I forgot. And so no worries. But yeah, we, we've been telling people that and it's, when I tell you that it's it's helped because we've had to laugh and be silly about what's happened. You have you to, know? and you're in such you you could be in such a heavy place. So the fact that you can do that is amazing. I need you to send me pictures of the soft serve. Okay. When it's in, I'll come down too. Um, oh my god! Yeah, we're gonna we're doing a moon tea, which we have we're gonna have a blue one, and then we'll have a black ice cream. Ooh. I just have to experiment because I've never made soft serve. I don't make vegan stuff. But I don't have to make soft serve, so I'm about to experiment and figure it out. But we were just saying that because we're like know what i'm sad i want some ice cream <laughs> like, it helps so i will let you know as soon as we as soon as we get it i'm gonna go pick it up the machine today amazing thank you thank you for being a blessing thank you thank you and you hold on there everything you already know everything's gonna be okay and i do i do think that like when we come out of this there's going to be even more healing needed. You're going to be needed even more than ever because you're going to have to be unraveling, undoing some of this. 
you know? A lot of people are going to need to definitely go a little deeper for sure. That's a need help doing mm-hmm. it. How, tell everyone how they can donate money to you. Oh, um, we have CrowdRise, um, which is crowdrise.com backslash lunch on me, or you can go to lunchonme.org or our Venmo is lunch on me. Amazing. So any of those places. And thank you. And then we also have on our website an Amazon wish list. So if people want to, if people have Prime and they want to just order because it's convenient, easier there, they can order and it ships directly to us. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah, the wish list has really helped because we're like, oh, we got pepper. We forgot we needed pepper. <laughs> this is great. And also, it's so it's like simple things like we have it's a also pepper specific garden. to what you need. So that really makes people feel like they're giving you what you need, which is great. Yeah. Yes. So any of those things. And thank you also for sharing your space with us. I I appreciate you you so much. Every time I talk to you, I love you too. I'm going to, I'll give you a hug soon. We're doing hug. We're doing virtual hugs right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Virtual hugs. Yes, please do. Cause we all need it. I know. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks podcast, and join us there.